You are now tuned into Progressive Action Radio, the most objective show in America. Hosted by Tramel Thompson, co-hosted by Jamel Wilson, and DJ Damage is on the wheels of steel. You will never know what to expect when thoughts and wisdom unite. People! Get ready. 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 Progressive action is now live. Ho, we back for another week. Progressive action radio. I, you know, I was tired a few minutes ago, but now I'm feeling good. We just having some talk. It just woke me up. I'm excited. Jamel, what's up, man? I'm chilling. What's going on, cuz? I don't know, man. We just ate good, you know. Like, 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 you know, seafood. Yeah. You love that seafood, don't you? Love that seafood, man. Oh, you know, yeah. it, it helps you out sometimes, man. Of course. You know, I love to eat mussels. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my favorite thing. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. a bread and pasta lover, as you can see. So it's like, it's a, prob- <laughs> it's a problem I have, you know? I hear that, man. You know, you got on your progressive action shirt. You know, I got the new progressive action shirt on. If you could see it, y'all need to go online on my clothing line website, perfidel.com, and check it out. And. Watch Jamel, what you doing, man? Come on, man, what you doing, cuz? Nothing. All right, just checking. Now, look, a lot of interesting things happened this past week. And, um, you know, with the Bernie Sanders and, you know, Hillary Clinton, uh, they, 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 what is it, the primaries? I the, mean, going down next week? The primaries, yes. Primaries going down next week. And our union, local um, TW100, endorsed. Bernie Sanders. Now, what was interesting about that, I guess they had a, a, a Ebor vote. Was it 42 to 1 or something like that? 42 to 1, that's right. I don't know when that went down, but that's cool. But the people who were standing behind Bernie Sanders, these ghosts came out of nowhere. I don't know if I was watching the news or was it Halloween? <laughs> Can somebody help me out with that? I don't know. Is it is it October 31st? No, it's not October 31st. And I got, whole, my short, I got my short sleeve on. Oh, <laughs> it was a whole bunch of ghosts there, you know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. I seen I seen uh ghosts sh- ghosts with no suits on. Oh, oh, no. He, I I don't want to call him no names, but yo, matter of fact, Mr. Samuelson, you can't be representing us looking like you're going to work up under a car or something, brother. You know what I mean? At some point in time, you have to go put on a shirt and put on a tie. I come to my show sometime dressed up. If you need any pointers, then reach out to your union, brother, man. <laughs> reach out to your union, brother. You know what I mean? And you know I seen an, an, another guy there, which I didn't understand, was um, Mr. Yates. You know, Mr. Yates was there, all smiles. You know what I'm saying? He ain't want to come up to the show because he said he had a gag order. You know what I mean? And, and you know... I don't know what gag order he got, the Samuelson gag order or court gag order. We, we, we haven't got that clear yet. But what was interesting is that why were you there? Because I'm quite sure if Bernie Sanders knew what you have done, he wouldn't want to stand next to you for once, for one. And for two, are you going to help him um, get some votes? <laughs> are you going to force some signatures for him too? Let us know, man. He may he may need some help if he go against Trump. <laughs> so you 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 make a helper, man. But we 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 
We not with that, man. Like, you don't want to come up to the show. We want to talk about information. But since you don't want to come up to the show and, like, single me out, oh, you know, you cool, but, you know, him, yeah, I'm the bad guy. And if you see me, you can speak about it to me because I'm going to say the same thing to your face. You understand? But today, we got Mr. Lloyd Archer in the building. And he's here to talk. And he's go, he, he came in here excited. I don't know if I was going to do a radio show or he was coaching me to box or something like that. What's going on, Mr. Archer? What's going on, y'all? Tell the people who you are, what you do, what you have done, and, and why are you here? Uh, good evening, everybody, first of all. I'm, uh, um, I would like to give my condolences to a um, deceased bus operator out of Flatbush Depot, Mr. Roland Webb, to his family and his depot, and his depot family. May his soul rest in peace. Secondly, uh, I'm a retired bus op operator for New York City Transit. Uh, I served three terms with Local 100 as a vice chairman. And um, I'm just relaxing now, and I'm here to let y'all really know the crap that's going on up there at that union hall. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh-oh. So everybody, everybody get ready. <laughs> who, who would you like to start with? Because we just go line them up, and you just go shoot them down. That's right. All right. Um... Stay close to the mic because they need the, we don't need them to miss the word of this. That's right. <laughs> all right, first of all, I just I, I want to speak on a, um, this, this vision zero that they have um, that de Blasio implemented on um, New York City. And it seems like it's aimed at more or less bus operators. Now, if you look back, they had meetings on this before he even implemented. Usually the union sends a liaison to these meetings to try to curb it. Now, Vision Zero has bus operators being arrested. I guess they, they said it curbed it a little bit. They don't, they don't arrest them no more, but I think one got arrested about three months ago out of Omaha Park Depot. Um, they fell asleep. They let them pass the law without shielding the bus operators. And that's a travesty. Now, what, is, what exactly is um, Vision Zero? Because it, it it's, it's funny that you um, mentioned that. Because my first time seeing them today, I was in um, Dyker Heights. And I seen them all in a vest and on a corner just, like, observing something. I don't know what was going on. Well, they observed the traffic. And uh, they observed the pet pedestrians. They tried to keep the pedestrians in the crosswalk. Vision Zero is all these now... Uh, red light cameras that you see, the speed cameras. Uh, if you knock somebody down with a bus, they automatically suspend you. Uh, if it's a fatality, you automatically get fired and charged. They say if the police investigate and, investigate it and say it's your fault, you're automatically fired and charged with a, a reckless driving. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I haven't heard anything good about the... Um division um zero thing yeah and um as far as the things that's going on at the union hall did you what, what was your purpose at the union hall when you was here what did you serve in well it was totally different um if i wasn't doing hearings i was out organizing for different events that were coming up uh issues that we had fights for uh i i i issued so many flyers for so many different things we were always in the field if we weren't doing hearings, the members seen us three or four times a week. Now, it's like a, a, a party. It, it's, it's like a party. Everybody's collecting a paycheck, and 
They they come when they get ready, or they come. Oh wait, they come when it's election time. <laughs> right. <laughs> if, you, if you ask any of the members now, when's the last time they seen any of their elected officers? Uh, the answer would be no. Also, I served on the executive board for uh, two terms. Okay, and Miss um, Clinton, you gonna have to say something. I want you to <laughs> pull a mic closer to you. Yeah, you can't you're, be left you're, out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want you to give some information about the executive board. What what a person can or cannot do. Um, what what's the purpose of the executive board, and and how how, how important is the executive board to the union? Um, <clears throat> hey everybody, <laughs> um, the executive board actually is the supreme governing body of the local. So that means it's a really heavy duty job if you're elected to the executive board. And what happens on the executive board affects every single member, uh, no matter what department you are, no matter how much time you have. Um, they take care of the nuts and bolts of what happens in the union. There's a lot of voting that goes on there. Say, for instance, if there's a strike, the executive board gets the first um, vote and then it goes to the members. If there's a contract, it goes first to the executive board. And we have a lot of input on what does or does not happen. And the same thing with, uh, you were earlier talking about uh, Bernie Sanders. Apparently, they had a surprise executive board meeting. Bernie Sanders apparently um, addressed the e-board and they took a vote. <clears throat> so it's an extremely important position. The executive board makes all the decisions um, in the direction that the union takes, whether you're going to go left, right, do something, do nothing, and uh, it affects all the members, so it's really, really important. Let me ask you, do you think that, I mean, it was an emergency, I think they set it up for that, because I don't think, I think they had prior knowledge that he was coming. Well, I'm sure his people contacted um, Samuelson's people. No, no, according to Samuelson, Bernie Sanders contacted him himself. Himself. <laughs> right, exactly. He, okay. said that he, he, he endorsed them because. He um, contacted him and Hillary didn't, right? Yeah. What, 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 wow. kind, of me, what kind of mess is that? <laughs> exactly. Well, so, first of all, if that's the reason why he endorsed Bernie Sanders, that's a joke. I mean, they both, like he said, they both from Brooklyn. Right. Bernie right. Sanders isn't a woman. We uh, we already know how Samuelson, the moves he have made to, to you know, how can I say, take away from women things here. Right. You know, what happened to the Women's Committee. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, the apprenticeship program. Oh, and not only that, hiring all these sexual harassers and putting them on the payroll. Oh, Samuelson, oh, you doing oh, that? Yeah. You oh. doing that, Samuelson? Let me give you a oh. round of applause. <laughs> no, but here's the kicker. They stayed on staff for so long, and they worked their behinds off to help him get reelected. And then he said, "Bye-bye." Mm. And uh, and on that note, you got a bus operator that needed a uh, uh, legal legal help. Let me ask you something: When it comes to the e board, can a member come with an idea and present it to the e board? Like, can can somebody on the e board sponsor a member's idea? Absolutely. Good. Could we go sponsor that? Our union president put on a suit. From here on out, for the whole local 100, the rest of his tenure, we go do that. Somebody from the e-board, holler at me, please. I'm tired of seeing this guy in laundry room wear. I'm tired of it. He won't look oh, no better man. in a suit. Listen, oh, it's, a, it's, all, oh, oh. it's all about presentation. We got to give him a chance. Oh, I, have, yeah. I haven't seen him in a suit. I have. I have. <laughs> oh, oh, well. I'm tired of seeing him in that. 
Come on, man. It's the, you you endorsing the, few, the the president. <laughs> you sat with the governor in the same clothes. Right. <laughs> like like we laughing up here, but it's sad, man. It is. It is pretty sad. Because you know, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I see Patrick Lynch on TV. He's My boy is in the zoo. Always suited down. Now I may not agree with the things that he support, but he's presentable. Norman Seabrook, all of them, all, all those guys, all these guys, mm-hmm. all these guys. Like, how would you feel if the president of the United States came in laundry room with every t- every chance he got? <laughs> the Teamsters Union president when he be on MSNBC, uh, I can think of a I can think of numerous union union officials. They're always in suits and whatnot. You know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it, it's sad. You know what I'm saying? Um, but um, back back to the to the union because you you want to make that one of your focuses to speak on today. Yes, yes. Uh, y'all named uh, uh, Patrick Lynch, and I just want to kind of get into the police department a little bit. Um, no matter what his police officers do, he's always there. He's always with them, one hundred percent. About a year and a half ago, we had a brother bus operator got into an accident. It was a fatality. He was arrested. And uh, the members of the depot had to collect, get his, his legal fees up. We requested it from the union hall. I don't know how many times. And they turned us down. You know, this brother was on the job when it happened. And he needed the help. He couldn't get it from the union. So us, the bus operators of East New York Depot, had to get the money together to get him legal fees. He's still in and out of court, no representation from the union, and he's on his own. Why do why you, why you think is that? To tell the truth, I think because he was black. Oh. I mean, that seemed to be the rhetoric going around. Yeah, that, and I, and I honestly believe because of <clears throat> incompetence, that they, don't know what the, that they don't know how to fight for this situation. So they just said, okay, just let the law handle it, you know? Because the the thing that would happen with bus operator William Pena, these guys are in court all the time. Yes, sir. Supporting yes, for sir. that. Okay, so something like that, they figure, okay, we don't have anything to do with that, but we could be there to support. But you're supposed to be able to support even the guy with the fatality in court. Yes, sir. Well, I, I just want to jump in here for a minute because I don't know if it was so much a black-white issue because if you remember, they did supply a union... Attorney. Oh, wow. I forgot all about that. The sexual predators? That's right. The sexual predators. (laughs) I forgot about them. And and it wasn't inside the union that they provided the lawyer. This was a a union attorney that was handling the outside case. Who was it? Tony or... Tony Aiken, Tony Aiken or, yeah, or, or Frank Austin, or Frank one of, Austin, one one of them, them guys. I guess because they were OA and the OA guys know how well, to kiss the president's ass. Well, because they kissed Samuelson's ass. ass. All right, there, you go. <laughs> there Ooh. we go. Ooh. There we go. Look, she, she's back. Hold on. Oh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> she's back, baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of hand clapping tonight. <laughs> she's back. So the the guys for the, with the sexual harassment thing, they was black. Yeah. Oh. I forgot they were black. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. But again, like the like Anita said, uh, they was kissing a lot of ass, so they had to be taken care of, compensated. Well, well, this is the thing. You you with him, from what I hear, he has a problem with women, and he has a problem with blacks, from what I understand. So, yeah. So if if he um, if he 
if, if, if sexual harassment, of course, is against a woman. So people are already saying that he doesn't like that allegedly. You know what I'm saying? And and um, you know, the thing we see with us, we see that he don't really represent us. And as far as like it, it bothers me that he doesn't he didn't come to the uh Black History Month thing. But you see him with Sanders, all smiles. He was just at what's some other thing he was at? Um, a few weeks ago, Quill Connolly. Oh, the Quill Connolly yeah. day. You yeah. know what I'm saying? He he's there, and to me, that's that's it, it. Don't make no sense. Most of your membership is African American. You should be here. Was he at the parade? Was he at the African American parade? Well, I heard he was there, and he said his feet hurt or something like that. He didn't walk the parade. Yeah, maybe he need to lose some weight. Lloyd <laughs> 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 Archer is in the building. If yeah, you, just well, case, oh yeah. Just in case you don't know, so um. Even even about you know I, I mentioned you you're you're in buses, and I mentioned um, Donald Yates. How you feel about him? Well, <clears throat> my mother and father always told me one thing that they hate is a thief and a liar. Mm. All right, uh, he perceives himself to be a real good guy, but how do you be a good guy and you get caught forging signatures <clears throat> and? Walk around like you did nothing. I have no respect for somebody that does something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, it's kind of tough. What you think about that, Jamal? Well, it's a serious issue. You know, I, I don't know what to say about it. I mean, it's, it is what it is. It's wrong. So, like, you know, wherever the chips are going to fall behind that, it's going to fall, you know? I, I mean, I, I think the chips already fell because I don't think that gag order exists. Well, let me ask a question while we're here. If I forge a check, three or four checks, what's going to happen? You're going to jail. You're going right. to jail. So what's the difference of him forging legal documents in an election? I'm not advocating he go to jail. Not at all. But something should have happened. Something. Yeah, he shouldn't have been behind Bernie Sanders. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Unless he's trying to help him get get some signatures. <laughs> right. He shouldn't be up at that union hall. Yeah, it, without no, a doubt. Right. Without well, a doubt. Right. That that election should have been null and void. You know that 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 whole election. You know, and and I'm sure if if Senator Sanders would have known what was going on within our union, he'd just look at it, look at disgust. You know, oh, without a doubt, without a heat. See, you know what it is like. Even when I spoke to my lawyer, he didn't understand how weak we was. He said, "I thought y'all was good." I'm like, "No, we not." So the way other the way other people look, they looking at it like we good. So Bernie Sanders don't know what's going on. No, he, he does. He has no clue. We once were a good union. How right. many years ago? Oh, how many need about Since six? Twenty ten. 20, since 2010, from 2001 to 2010, that's when, you, that's when you knew you had a union behind you, when a man could put 20,000 people in the street hollering and screaming, and they feared us and respected us. That's right. You know, when we was out there walking around in the cold and the fire department was bringing us coffee and <laughs> donuts, yeah. and, you know, that was respect. Now, nah, not anymore. You want to know what? Bernie Sanders, he should have got a good idea, or I hope he got the idea, like, like he went to the condos where he had his little speech, and this membership, you know, the news was the news reports were reporting forty two thousand, right? Now people knew that he was gonna be down there. It wasn't even packed. It looked like more press than anything. Well, I'm where were the members? Well, I'm gonna tell you something. I found out about that whole thing at midnight the night before. 
that he was going to be there and that the union was endorsing Senator Sanders. So I personally, if if the members were like me, they didn't know anything about it. So I'll at least give that to the members that they didn't know because if I would have knew from um, way way in advance, I would have made it my business to be there, especially with me being a Bernie Sand, um, a Senator Sanders, Sanders supporter. Well, let me ask you this: Do the unions know? Do the do the members know about the union meetings every month? <laughs> yes well, or no? Uh, yes or no? Yes, they do. Okay, there we go. They don't care, buddy. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> the, the union meetings are not spontaneous. They are planned. They are planned. Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? They we just don't show up up under this administration. Right. You know what I'm saying? The mass membership meeting looked at like a uh, a uh, 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 junior high school lunch <laughs> lunch room with half of the kids playing outside mm-hmm. <laughs> and only the 15 that's on punishment <laughs> sitting inside the auditorium. Yeah. It's sad. I don't know. I think that one thing that Roger had and I think it's a talent is um rounding up people. To getting people to 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 feel wanted and feel feel the need to be and and not only that, it was the officers that 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 worked with him. It, we had to. It wasn't a thing as he his. I'm gonna quote him personally. This you're not an independent contractor. You work for the members. I'm paying you their money. You're gonna do as I say. Mm-hmm. All right. Which I respected. I respected. He did, didn't deliver it exactly like that, but I understood that. And we were out there. In the field, in the depots, bonds, wherever we had to be, handing out flyers. This is what's happening this week. You need to be there. This is how important it is. I remember standing at Broadway Junction, hollering to the top of my lungs when they were going to close the booths by myself, handing out flyers. Hmm. And I had to catch myself. I said, what are you doing out here? I said, I guess I'm doing what I like. These guys just don't care anymore. Yeah, like I said, they, they view it as a corporate position. Exactly. Where, where they go work nine to five, they go have holidays off. You know what I'm saying? And and it's crazy because a union, a you well, I'm gonna say, Crystal has said that you know, people been contacting me, and saying they had a problem with getting things um a resolution to certain issues that they have, and they haven't been getting no answers, and it been weeks before they got answers, especially from um Kia and Crystal, and and you know Crystal. Hit me and was like, yo, why didn't you call me? You a shop steward. You got my personal number. I'm not your secretary. Mm. The union, the, the 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 members should have a number to directly contact you. And if we can't directly contact you, point us to in the direction where we can. If I got your personal numbers for personal things, not for not for union business at the end of the day. And I'm not no secretary. And and I don't consider myself a shop steward for one. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. They put me in the battlefield with no ammo. I don't even know how to do a grievance. You know what I'm saying? I'm not here, oh, you need a problem. Let me make this phone call for you. I'm not a secretary. So at this point, I'm just progressive action. And 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 I'm up under the class that the federal government got me classified as. So if you look on a USPTO site and you type in progressive action, you go see what I'm here for. That's what I'm doing. Not a shop store until I get better training or a better understanding of what I'm supposed to do out here. Cause like you like like we know, people jobs is on the line. That's right. People not filling out dance for autographs, not going down to two Broadway because it's a day off. You know, people losing their jobs day and, in and day out. And 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 that's why you need to be trained at what you do. And you you know, 
Um, in the day-to-day business of a union, you have, like you just said, um, you have people's livelihoods in your hands. And, then, and I mean, they take care, it takes, this job takes care of their families. And if you don't know what you're doing, step back or say, I need help, or pick up a, 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 a contract or pick up a rule book. Don't just fly by night and, 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 and take, people, take people for granted. Um, that's exactly what's going on now. I, don't even, I haven't even seen a grievance come out of my department since I left. And I've been gone since 2009. And I won the election, and John Samerson still sent me back. Wow. So, you know, this is, what he, this is what we have here now. People that are just laid back. The members are asleep, all right? But they're about to wake up because what's going on, and I just want to go into something real quick. This, under this consolidation agreement with the, um, the OA and TA bus operators, the hiring ratio is way out of whack. Roger put this in the contract to protect us, protect us from hiring, them hiring part-time. Right. The ratio is supposed to be 60-40. 60% TA, 40% OA. Mm-hmm. It's so disproportionate now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past me if it's not 50-40 or, and, and, and they have more OA operators because nobody's watching the store. And the transit authority is hiring who they want to hire. Yeah, and then they they putting out tests when they want to put out tests too. And oh, it hasn't yeah. been a TA test for bus operators in I don't know how long. Oh yeah, and they just postponed the um the, the train operator test a year. They pushed that back a year. I wonder why. Yeah. They're gonna and Go ahead, then, brother, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then another thing is the last TA bus operator exam that they had, which is three years ago now, they gave it twice in one year. Wow. Didn't it, know that. Yeah, if you can remember, they gave it twice in one year to file it. So, you know, another thing is it's it's becoming tough for them to be able to hire bus operators now. And, I, you know, of course, because of the high assaults and for whatever other reason, you know. But um, as far as that's concerned, they can uh, if, 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 if the OA outnumbers the TA, they're going to try to get part-timers in there. Get part-timers in there, we're in trouble. I, I have a question for um, – from uh, a member for both of y'all. They said, what input does the executive board have about Yates? Mm. Um, <laughs> at, this, at this point, there's, there's no input from the executive board. Um, what happened was he forged the signatures. He got busted by the uh, Joe Campbell team. He admitted it, and the, um, what's her name, Diane? Diane, um, uh, Whatever, whatever her Who name. Who the arbitrator? Dinehart. Dinehart. Yeah. No, yeah. she was. She's the head of the um, the company that oversees the AAA. AAA, right? And she, you know, she chimed in and basically said it was fine. It was not a problem. And then Arthur Schwartz said it wasn't a problem. Of course, Samuelson said it wasn't a problem. So I don't believe the executive board had any input whatsoever. On that, um, as far as I know, he wasn't brought up on charges. Members need to understand that the process is, if you feel like you've been wrong some kind of way, you bring a grievance and um, it can, you can bring an officer or another member up on charges and it could go through the e-board. I don't believe uh, Donald Yates got brought up on any charges whatsoever, so I don't believe the e-board had any input. Right. And he's fine. And like I said, I seen him up at a uh, lobby day. 
wanted to shake my hand. I, I didn't want to dirty my hands with it, so I stepped back, <laughs> you know. And um, what was his reaction? He had a look on his face, like, "What's up with you?" And I, you know, I really wanted to say it, but I, I'm kind of calmed down a little bit since I retired. <laughs> Any other time, I'd have let him have it, you know. And of course, his boss walked over to me to troll Richie Davis, and um, <laughs> uh -oh. I had oh, not boy. much to say about him neither. To him neither, because the way he did my division up at 126th Street. Oh, I was going to ask you about right. that. Yeah. <laughs> all right, now these cats had a depot there that they worked. They were so it's a close knit depot. Right. You can't go one way or the other in that depot. So you had to live in that depot your 25 years. Some kind of deal was struck where a depot uh, became available. They wanted to close 126th Street. They said because it was built on some kind of African-American burial ground. So John Sampson, and I heard it out of his mouth, I will not give let a TA garage work in an OA garage. But he let them move into all different OA garages, Gun Hill, uh, uh, West Farms, uh, West Farms, wherever yeah. they wanted to go. Right. And my division officers, Willie Rivera, number one, and the vice president, Mr. John Paul Patafio, said that the members were good with it. I polled the members, and they said, we're not good with this. You know, the OA guys are raising hell. They even had a meeting in the hall, up at the union hall, and wouldn't let the TA guys come in to meet. That's right. I remember that meeting. And, and please... I do the swing rooms uptown, you know, in OA. So those guys are oblivious. They wanted to kill Richie Davis. Exactly, they because here you got a guy with 25 years on the job in Gun Hill Depot, and you got a guy with 25 and a half in 126th Street picking the <clears throat> Gun Hill, knock him out. Well, I understand seniority rules, but this is the way they lived for years, even before I came on the job. And a lot of those guys were happy in the 126th Street Depot. They didn't want it to close. Why didn't you just give them the depot that was empty? Nobody was in the depot. You could have gave them the depot, moved the lines into the depot, and everything would have been fine. Which depot is this you're talking about? Uh, you you got a, uh, which one was, uh, they didn't, wasn't occupied. Was it Amsterdam? Amsterdam Depot, yeah. Right, it was Amsterdam. But nobody was in. They could have just moved them into that depot. Right. And know. the lines, they would have been fine. Right, you know, because they would have only been able to fit two lines in there. Because um, when we were in there from 2008 to 2010, we were in there for just two years. Right. After the original Clara Hill closed. Um, they had the M1, the M7, and the M18 Convent Avenue in there. So they were able to sque they squeezed 77 buses in that depot. That was a rotation. So I don't know what uh, they would have been able to fit back into Amsterdam, but you're right. They could have done something to, um, you know, basically it was a fight, if you can remember. To accommodate these guys. To, yeah. to accommodate these guys. It was, a, <clears throat> it was a fight over the new Clara Hill Depot, but the arbitrator gave – Gave it to you know gave it to OA because it was original it was an originally a Manhattan a, Depot a Manhattan you know a map store map garage so, right exactly yeah so that was the reason behind that so they but uh, for what I understand I was told that they gave those guys the options of going back to Brooklyn and uh, but a lot of them didn't want to go back to Brooklyn that's why they were in one twenty six Street exactly because a lot of them live upstate it was it was two hundred and five operators. So the majority of them you know, live upstate, so that's why they didn't want to go back to Brooklyn. You know? They left Brooklyn to go to 126th Street right. so they could be closer to home. Right. 
And that brings me back to this consolidation agreement. Oh, the OA had a fit about it. But you got to understand, when I believe, this is my belief, when Roger did this, he wanted it to want him to make one union, mm-hmm. not separate Mapstoa and TA. I don't think he wanted that. I think he wanted to bring us all together. But you had a lot of cats saying, "Oh, uh, they're gonna, they're gonna, they, they're doing what a thing that they call regional bus." But again, that sixty forty saved us, protected us from that. Now they're losing ground with that. And they're gonna wind up hiring a part-time bus driver. Now I don't understand why don't they make TA and, and Map Store one? That was his well, thinking. Well, but why? Why? why okay. you could tell him. Jamel, yeah. tell him. Yeah, let me answer that because first of all, transit, <clears throat> TA surface transit authority bus operators are. It's the pension system is the number one thing that separates us because the Map Store our pension fund and, and, and system is different. Even though it's all twenty five fifty five, but it's all it's still separate. So, and we're not civil service employees in Map Store. That's another thing. See, TA service, TA people are civil service. So, those are the two things that separate us right there. To where when you have a merge, if you can't iron out, if you can't iron out those kinks, then it's still going to remain separate, even though we're supposed to be consolidated. Well, and the, and how you know is again, this is the main. When they did those layoffs back in 2010, absolutely, Go ahead, tell they me. left the o, when they laid off the OA members, and when they started bringing everybody back, they left the OA members out in the cold, and they were hiring brand new TA people. Mm. So that was so it's like okay, if everything is supposed to be merged, why did you leave those OA people out there? Because they knew that okay, these guys are civil service, so legally you wouldn't have a leg to stand on. Oh wow. That's yeah, crazy. The, exactly. That was playing dirty. That's crazy. Know? But I don't understand. You driving in the same city, mostly the same streets. It's a test for one and not a test for the other. What's the sense of a test then? Well, you have to take a test for any civil service position. I mean, forget about civil service. All right. To but, me, it's about doing the job. Right. I understand. And I understand you 100%. But All I right. think this goes back long before me because OA was called Fifth Avenue Coach. I do believe that. Right, right. Yeah. And- that's when all Irish people ran to Manhattan and the Bronx. And I think they just filled out applications. They started the company without it, as a private company. Fifth Avenue Coach was a private company. Okay. All right. I don't know the complete history of it. All right. I know some. I know but if some y'all guys invite me again, maybe I'll have the history. I know. You'll definitely, you'll <laughs> def- the, you'll definitely well, be back. I, well, I know, I know a good amount of the history with that. Uh, you had, um, you know, just like with TA Surface, right? You had the Fifth Avenue Coach Company. You had the Surface Transit Inc., which is where I believe that guy Matthew Geenan was a Geenan, I'm sorry, was a trolley operator out of Kingsbridge Depot. Okay, and you had um, another another private company from the Bronx, which is where Amsterdam Depot was a part of. Okay, that's why Amsterdam Depot was a Bronx Division Depot. But anyway, so through the when Mapstore was created. All of those companies went bankrupt for whatever reason, and in 1962, that's when Quill led the strike because he rep because Local 100 represented those pro- those drivers out of those private companies. So when that company went on strike, I believe they wanted to lay off those lay off 1,500 people. That's the history of it. So you know, like I, you know, so whatever happened, March 1962, that's when Map legislation 
created MapStore. And under that legislation, MapStore was to MapStore was to the equipment, the workers, the um the hiring practices, everything was supposed to be separate from TA Surface, even though it was a was a subsidiary of Transit, but everything was supposed everything was supposed to be separate. And this legislation was was supposed to last for 20 years. So basically the legislation expired back in the early 80s. So in actuality, um, MapStore was supposed to have been sold off back then. But the person who could really shed the greatest insight on this is Liz Rodriguez. Liz Rodriguez are the bad rock, but definitely Liz Rodriguez. If she's listening, I, I can't wait for her to come on the show and really shed insight on all of that. But basically, those are the differences, and that's, the, and that's a brief history with MapStore and, and and transit it's a bunch it's all the private companies that came together that went bankrupt and the city basically took them over same thing with the avenue b and broadway bus company where the m9 and the um wall street bus came from you know so um shout out to jamel for all that knowledge just now <laughs> well, history, when yeah. You, yeah well when you when you have a father that came from tier one and when you have and when you and when you enjoy reading and doing research like how I do, you get to pick up on these things. Shout know? out to Uncle Leroy. <laughs> yeah. So but basically, yeah, so that's you know, so those are the differences between um and I'm really surprised that um Connie Friel, he was he was the vice president when Roger got elected. You know when y'all got elected into power back then, so right, right. he basically comes from the old guard from those days, and, and I'm really surprised that he didn't have any insight or anything to say when it came to that consolidation. Oh, he did. He 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 was involved in it. He was involved. He in was it. involved in it. But a lot of it, it was a lot of resistance up until I believe 2007, where they got they implemented everything. Okay. Um. And, and and with the consolidation, it helped a lot of bus operators that lived in Brooklyn, lived in the Bronx, lived in Manhattan to move closer to home so that they could work. You had guys driving all day for 10 hours and had to drive home an hour back to Brooklyn. Now they live right there in the Bronx. They Some of them just cross the street and they're at work. Right. You know, so, I mean, what's the problem? You made life easier for 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 the union members. It wasn't about me, me, me. A union is not about me, me, me. It's about all of the members. And right. a lot of guys still don't get that. Of course. And, you know, the, 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 consolid, the consolidation did help a lot of people. Um, what it was at first, though, it did trip up a lot of members because I can remember very well a lot of members thought that in Map Store that a lot of members who live in Queens and Staten Island they thought that the consolidation would would be able to let them go out to Queens and Staten Island, but yeah, but, did. but I never but I never forget when Roger came around and did the shop gates on that contract of O two, he told members Brooklyn, <laughs> so, I, so I just started laughing and shaking my head because I was telling people so listen you can't go to Queens and Staten Island it's a different union it's a different union and that's what and that and that's what separates them from Brooklyn so so basically it's like okay. And then members in OA wanted more sick days because back then we only got five. 
Right, and that consolidation now got you guys twelve. Got sick us twelve days. sick days, right? And it got, it got us the sick control because we didn't have this because, <laughs> yeah, we, had, well, because yeah. we didn't have sick control. <laughs> when you negotiate then. a contract, you got to give up. You got to give up something, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so we got, <laughs> yeah, oh, it got man. us twelve days, but it got also got us sick it control. Got us sick control, exactly. Oh my goodness! But man. but on that note, then I'm gonna come back. How did y'all guys get a new swing room here in Brooklyn? We ain't got no swing rooms. I mean, that's big money Roger got out of the TA. And these guys, my office is in here in Brooklyn. We ain't got no swing room. So. I don't know. You need to explain, Lloyd, what happened. You said Roger got TA surface swing rooms. What happened? All right. In the contract, he negotiated that we would have swing rooms at the end of the line. Mm-hmm. Okay. We had a big swing room downtown Brooklyn. Yeah, can you tell us where were those swing rooms at, the, the four swing rooms were at? Where were they at? In the, one that I, the only one that I knew of, it was a big one. It was on Smith Street and Livingston Street. It was a gigantic room. We had a television, microwave, everything in it. All right. They lost that. They let it go. Uh, uh, yeah, I just need to see, chime see, in. See, see, see. <laughs> because if it wasn't lost. Samson gave it, it away. Well, that's wow. what I mean. That's when I say that. There's I a mean, big difference. I should have said they gave it away. So are, are there a lack of swing rooms? There's no, a lack of swing rooms on the 49, which goes up and down Ocean Avenue. All right. Uh, on the 15 now, we they were able to go into the Woodhall Hospital. They can't go in there anymore. Well, I wouldn't want to go in there, period. You, you, may, uh, not walk, you may not walk out. <laughs> wow, uh, uh, let me see. A couple of other places that I, I'm not off the top of my head because I've been going a little while and I always worked a line that passed through the depot and I'd jump off the bus and go into the depot. But there are a lot of lines out there in Brooklyn. At the end, there's nowhere for them to go. Well, and you I have am, a lot of women driving. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm familiar with that B-15 line and the only thing you could use is, you know, maybe it is Woodhall. You walk three exactly. blocks down to go use McDonald's or, exactly. or something like that. That should be illegal. Well, in the contract, they're supposed to, the division, when I say division, I mean from the, the vice president down, the whole division committee should be looking for a place for the operators to go and use the bathroom, eat their lunch, not on a bus in the wintertime when it's cold. A swing mm-hmm. bus. A swing bus. They right. should have some place where they can relax for their swing and eat their lunch. It's not happening. So what what you supposed to do if you have an emergency? Well, you have to call. A, or you have to call a call comfort. a personal. Mm-hmm. What we call you call it comfort. We I'm call talking about, do you call it like let's say you off your bus and you got like why time or you know time before and you, go line, you got to find some place to go to the bathroom. Somebody that will allow you to use their bathroom. Right. See, that, now let me tell you what's crazy about that. There's a possibility that you may get exa- assaulted. And the first thing TA may say is, "What you doing over there? I'm going to use the I'm going to use the bathroom." And I agree with you, but again, it's just because they don't have any, or, or they just don't want to do anything, they're not looking for them. That's crazy. All right, there's a place, like I said, there's a line of 49. They get relieved on Avenue U and Ocean Avenue, and it's a desolate place. No place, no stores that they can go in to use the bathroom. Nothing in the winter time. They have to stand in the cold. And wait for their reliefs. I know the neighborhood, yeah. Because you can't go in the stores. They don't want you to stand in the stores. Right. You think they will find a building there? No. Not n- No. And there's a couple other places. Like I said, I, I've been gone, 
And I haven't worked lines unless they pass through the depot because I'm an old guy and I can't always hold my water. So, <laughs> but um, it's just not being done. So why the members don't get together of those lines and say something? Brother, that's another story. Right. You know, while I was in the depot, I would hear, I would hear all the complaints and, um, and I would ask them, what are you willing to do? What do you mean? I just said, what are you willing to do? So we can go and we can make them get these swing rooms. Well, I don't know, man. I said, well, everybody call a personal one day and go, go to the bathroom. Relieve yourself. Oh, I don't want to bring no attention to myself. All right? That's because they know that the union don't have their back. They don't have their back. Yeah. So now they're afraid. I mean, I w- what I would do is have a whole bunch of men in uniform, take a picture with they, like they taking the pee, and give it to the news. <laughs> and this is what we relegated to do because we don't have no place to use the bathroom. Like this is something TA should want to do. Yeah, it exactly. Bring, it, it bring negative attention to them. You know, one thing. You know, one thing that I will. Well, a couple of things that I will say is a problem is number one, a lot of our. You know, from again from personal experience. Rob, if you're listening to me, you're going to laugh. Uh, a lot of operators are nasty. When I know in, Map, in Manhattan and Map Store, there's a, a long list of locations that the authority pays merchants and stores to where they could use, the operators can use the bathroom along the lines. So um, when the operators go into these places, they do the same stupid stuff that they do inside the depots. They leave paper towel on the floor. They basically they make a mess. They write on the walls. So if a merchant sees that and the operators are doing that, then they have the right not to let them use the bathroom anymore, even though you're paying them because it's their store. Okay. And then another issue is, which is what has happened through the years with the swing rooms uptown, is um, whenever the owner of a building Whenever the new owner of a building takes over, then they want to charge new. They want to charge a new rent. Exactly. And, and yeah. if the and if the authority doesn't and if management doesn't want to pay that the higher cost, then it's like oh well, they do away with the swing room because that's what happened at the old um, 116th Street and 8th Avenue. Mm-hmm. We used to I used to have, we used to have a room that we used to clean upstairs that they made into a wine bar. They made it into a place that sells wine. Okay. Okay, but now we go downstairs. Check this out, Lloyd. They made a room downstairs in the subway station at the on the southbound platform of the B and the C line. Um, at the front end of the northbound platform, there's a room that we go in and we have to clean. Where operators use the bathroom, they got a sink, and where that's where the dispatcher puts the um, the iPad thing in the locker and everything. And so basically. But it's a room for the operators to go in there and swing and you and, and and eat their food and everything, okay. But I made a big stink about it years ago when they first opened it because it's downstairs in the subway. Correct. So God forbid we're bus employees. We're not trained. We're not track certified, and we don't we don't have the same training that they have down in downstairs in the subway. Just in case a customer comes up to you and asks you for something, or in case something happens. So that was my only gripe about that, but they said, "Oh, okay, no, that the hell with it. We don't." They they said we don't do nothing anyway. So, yeah. So they went ahead and opened it up. But basically, um, those are the two things that have been a problem uptown with the swing rooms. Is that, especially in Manhattan, the rents being so high, 
and the authority not wanting to pay the high rent for the swing rooms because they had 110th Street and 5th Avenue by the circle um, where all those lines used to make the relief. When I drove, we used to make the relief over there. And there was a little swing room there, a little hole in the wall swing room that was there for years. I mean, way before I came on, about a good, probably about a good 30 to 40 years before I came on the job. Mm -hmm. But they finally closed it in 2002. No, no, yeah, 2002, right before I became a caretaker. So, um, you know, like I said, um, those are the two big issues with the swing rooms uptown. Okay. You know, yeah. Well, at least you got swing rooms up there, though. That, that, that's a good thing. And you got somebody looking, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to create more swing rooms. I, I can't say the same thing for Brooklyn. But um, I just want to just, if it's okay with you guys. Call are you there? Hello? Yeah, we got a caller. She wanted to ask, she wanted to ask a live question. You hear us, caller? We can't really hear you too, Claire. Yes. Turn, turn off her phone. <laughs> no, she turn off a, a, a radio. You got, you, got, you got the radio on back there? Or you could turn it down? You there? Yes. All right, you can ask your question. Y'all hear her? Yeah, we yes. can. Yes. We can hear her. Okay, my question is, if the E-Boys is sold for supersedes the union's decision, as far as family, then why wasn't we asking the question and can we petition for him to be removed? Y'all got that? I'm not exactly sure. I think I know who this is. <laughs> yeah, we do. But I ain't going, I'm not going to. Um, no, no, it doesn't matter. But I'm not sure I understand what your question is about. Yes. I'm like with the strike, the e-board makes these decisions. So when this Correct. forged these signatures, it was never brought to the e-board? No. To my knowledge, it was not. Why, though? Uh, somebody has to, a member has to bring it to the e-board, and nobody did it. Actually, it should have it been, if anybody, it should be somebody from MAPSTOA, because those signatures were forged from the MAPSTOA department. That's what she said, and he probably did, but that was, an, that was an action that he could have been brought up on charges because in the outside world, he would go to jail for that. And he suffered zero consequences because I agree with you, Barbara Donhart is in bed with Samuelson and uh, Arthur Schwartz, and they all just said, you know, we're going to brush it under the rug, and that's what happened. Well, caller, thanks for calling in. Yeah, thank you for your call, caller. You're welcome. All right, thank you. All right. But I think, um, hello? Yeah, you back. Yeah, I think that 
some of the stuff that you were talking about is what you see transpired here. Now, to me, sounded like somebody from Mapstoa, you know, concerned about, you know, the signatures that were forged and looking for someone else to do something about it. If you're that upset, you could have brought them up on charges. Absolutely. You know, and the members need to really educate themselves what they can and cannot do. They need to pick brains. They need to read. They need to learn. And they need to act and stop just looking for other people to do everything for them. That's one of the reasons why we got the um, a safety resolution form was to empower members. So if your boss, your supervisor, your foreman is telling you to do something that you consider unhealthy or unsafe, you have the power to say no. You don't have to run and get a shop steward. You don't have to get your union rep or your chair. You have the power to say, I will do it once you say, you sign this piece of paper and say that it's safe or you feel like it's healthy. So members really need to empower themselves because with this administration, you're not going to get any help from any union reps. They're just up there to collect exactly. the back salary and, and lay back. And, and with that said, I, 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 I'm in contact with a member now as a retiree. She fell down a flight of stairs, at least 40 stairs. Wow. She chipped a bone in her neck, right? But to go back to that, she was due to report at 703 she reported at 7 o'clock. She turned around, walked down the stairs, fell down the stairs, chipped a bone in her neck, and they tried to deny her compensation. I heard about that. Where, where did this happen at? Fresh Pond Depot. I heard of another story like this, too, because she wasn't on the clock. On the clock. Yeah, yeah. And um, I heard the union won that one, though, right? The union didn't win anything. If it wasn't for me telling her what to do, they wouldn't have never given her or telling her chairman what to do. They wouldn't have never given her her compensation. Now, what killed me about that, she was on the property. Exactly. So what's, what's the big issue? And Jamel, you mentioned something before about um, assaults. You covered up into two hours or something like that? Yeah, that's that's something, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Anita or Lloyd, but this is something that we used to have in the contract, I believe, to where when you, an hour before you report to work, and an hour after you get get off work, that you're covered just in case something happens to you. But I believe it was lost in a contract, or is it still there? I don't know. See, I, now I need clarification now. I'm not sure about that. I, I don't believe that was lost, but I, I can come back and once I do the research and find out. But I, I don't believe that's lost. I think it might be lost under Samuelson. Okay. <laughs> 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 What's that? <laughs> <laughs> right, but see, a lot, a, a lot of people don't know that, and I was educated to that yo years ago. I was educated to that by a dispatcher, you know, who I used to talk with. So, you know, she told me, yeah, you know, you're covered an hour before you report to work, and an hour after you get off work, in case if something happens to you, then you still to deal. They they won't they can't controvert your case. Which is what they try to do a lot of controvert these and they, uh, exactly comp compensation cases, cases right. you know. They have a guy up there that controverts everything that comes across his desk. Mm -hmm. He was actually the director of 
of workers' comp. His name is George Perry. What's his name? Perry was his name. I remember George Perry. All right. And um, he contradicted everything that comes across his uh, desk. But back to the young lady I was talking about. Real quick. Is he still around? I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know if he's still around or, or not. But um, okay. the young lady I was talking about uh, constantly calls me about her, 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 her issue. And um, they still won't give her a differential. Really? So I... I had her ask the, the officer to file the grievance, and um, they still haven't responded to the grievance. They keep giving her the runaround. It's been past 30 days. Wow. So um, we have to just wait and see. And I think it's um, a real shame that a member is calling a retiree to get some kind of guidance and advice and help rather than their elected representatives what does that say about the representation from local 100 oh yeah well like i said this you know the representation now that's all they're good for is the, in the depots is the red book the red book and getting a day off and a change of assignment ava whatever it is you name that's all they're good at doing the list that's all they're good for they're not good for giving the nitty-gritty information and i'm sad to say this is you know not just arch you know it's a couple other guys who are retired and out and out of the loop who give help, who give substantial help to members. And I'm sorry to say, this is what members have to do, you know? Uh, the, the caller called back. She said she got some information on that um, that hour before. Oh, really? Hour. Caller, you there? Hello? Yes. Yeah, what, what you want to say about the, um, the, 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 the hour before, hour after assault thing? It was never contractual. It was never contractual. It was never contractual. And I want to yeah. speak with my comp, my comp too. Your comp? What's up with your comp? Something that happened with me when I was out for 18 months. I didn't get paid for the TA for like 10 months. And I didn't get any differential or anything. And I got hurt once the job. And I was told I could never foul or never go out on that injury again. Wow, well, comp cases, I thought that you can specifically do that. Yeah, and I didn't get any differential. I didn't get any money from TA. I didn't get any money from comp, and I was denied my vacation. I had four months left, and they wouldn't even allow me to use my vacation. And what did your union have to say about that? Hello? Yes? What did your union have to say? My union is slow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, first, can I, I want to ask a question. They have education. I want to ask the question. That's what a supervisor told me. That's the reason why a lot of things doesn't happen, because they feel that the members don't have education. And they don't know how to write. So they only talk among themselves, but they never push the papers to the correct people that it should go to. Well, you know how I feel about education. I just want to ask you a question. Um, what was the reason that they denied your comp or your differential? Did they give you a reason? No, they didn't, they didn't deny my comp. What they said was I had used my time up, like I had a certain amount of time to be used. So when we went back for the hearing in the settlement, the lawyer ended up taking 35000 I asked him, how could he take that? When I'm a $70,000 person, how could you take $35,000? And then I'm not going to get any more money. Then I said to them, 
well, I still need therapy. I'm going to go, you know, for my therapy. Y'all cutting me off. He said, go apply for public assistance. No, 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 no. Uh-huh. That's what he said. He said, go apply for public assistance. Once you, once you are injured on a job, the job is responsible for taking care of you until you and that's what I always thought because I was a former union rep until you either become able to okay well unless you until you become either able to work or until such time I mean now you can get comp up to 10 years I think they stopped the lifetime about about 10 years ago 15 years ago I can't get anything. I can't get anything. I wasn't. I can't even get my differential. I was up at the union hall today about that. About my. Did you union. ever get differential? I no, I didn't get differential. Did they ever give you a denial letter? Uh, no, because uh, the union they they wasn't smart enough to file a grievance. No, no grievance needs to be filed. They should have gave you a denial letter as soon as you filed your uh your comp. And uh, I think, believe, 30 days after, they would send you a denial letter, and a denial letter would go up to the Union Hall Grievance and Discipline, and they would put it on the calendar. That's what should have happened. And for that, I don't know why they didn't do it. I didn't know why your union rep didn't force them to do it. But, well, when uh, I first went out, when I first went out on my injury, they, they started off giving me comp. Then they stopped my, they stopped my comp and my different from October to February, which I was waiting for a hearing. Once I had my hearing, that's when they said, we're going to give you a lump sum of money, but you can never go back or anything like that. Okay, well, I think you need to consult with a lawyer, a comp lawyer. <laughs> you want to know what, Miss Craig? You want to know what, um... Why don't you email us and we invite you to the show so you can tell your story? Yeah, I have no problem. Yeah, we, we we interested to hear it. So um, just just email us at progressiveaction100 at gmail.com. and um, Jamel will get back to you and he'll speak with you further about your situation. Thank you very much, and I'm gonna continue to listen to your show tonight. And if I have any more, I will be calling back again. We definitely appreciate that. Thanks. Thank you. You're welcome. So that 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 was a, a a caller for us today, right? You know, and and you know, she, obviously she listens, and she has issues, and you know, everything begins with the union. It seems like right. That's yes. the bottom line. And and again, what I was speaking to you guys about, um, this is not a game. Being as a union officer, you have people's lives in your hands. You cannot fool around with this. You know, when there's a problem, you need to know how to address it. If you don't know how, ask somebody that does. I want to know if she's still working or she's not. I don't know. I don't know. Because what's that thing that the um, the medical appeal? Mm-hmm. She could have filed for that. That that's if she's not working. It's called uh, uh, not, well. Yeah, a medical appeal. They have a non-IOD medical appeal and a regular medical appeal. Yeah, because if they don't want to let her back and she file that appeal, then if she do get her job back, they got to pay her back for all that time yes. that she missed. right. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I'd be interested to hear her story further. Right, and Nick Bedell taught us that. 
<laughs> That's one of the only things that I learned, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's why I recited back. That's why I recited back so good. Thank you, Nick. Oh, boy. <laughs> nah, but you know, um, like I said, everything seems to begin with the union. And, you know, like I said, I came on this job in 2013. I'm fairly new. And I knew about more about what was going on because of Roger, the whole strike thing and, and you know, him being in the news. Let me ask you this because I ask every guest that has came up here. How did you feel when Bloomberg called us thugs? Well, it it, it bothered me. Um, but uh, I think that kind of backfired on them because uh, we still basically got what we were out there for. Now, let me ask you that too. A lot of members say that we struck. It's, it's, this is this is the thing. We struck for nothing. Roger sold us down the river because if he would have stayed out a little while longer, we would have got whatever they was thinking that we would have got. I don't think the people understand what the strike was about in the first place. No, and then and then you have people saying the militancy was lost under Roger. Well, we ain't gonna say the people. Them them the, RTW, the, the, uh, the, the revolutionary, revolutionary trans, revolutionary trans, trans workers. Yeah, workers. Okay. yeah. They they said that he lost the militancy. How? Never did. Never <laughs> did. But um, uh, it it was just it's just it's just crazy how people can see that. Like like in this contract, you gave up the new people. Yeah, we were out there. You were new on the job. Mm -hmm. We protected you. No, he was he was after. Yeah, you. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm under the Samuelson administration. Oh lord, yeah, you yeah. You, you shouldn't and, be angry and, and, at him. And, and, exactly. and I, I, he's I, a tier six baby. Oh yeah. boy, you're That's a tier right. six. Yeah. Baby. every which way. But look, he's the unborn. He's yeah. the unborn that we were out right. in the cold for. Yeah. That's right. Ten years ago. But you know, I, at least I'm three years top pay and not six. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Got right. that much. Yeah. But um, oh, we boy. but people don't understand. Unions protect. The members coming on and the members that are there. Then you got the guys out there that's putting foolishness in people's heads. He sold us out. Right. Still, you can't explain to me how he sold us out. All right. They call it about the 1.5 to 1.5 at gross. And then he changed it in the next contract. They still complain about it. All right. They don't want. They didn't care about the unborn. A lot of people in this contract. I don't care about the new people. But guess what? One day, them new people, when you retire, is going to have to take care of you in some kind of form, way, or fashion. I don't care how you look at it. And you telling me you don't care about them? You have to. You have to. They they don't understand. People don't understand the concept of unionism. And not they, at all. Exactly. That's where it starts at. Right. You know, not understanding that concept. And they don't understand. I'm sorry. And they don't understand. How important it was, how important it is to have medical benefits in retirement. Because if you understand medical benefits and if you understand doctor's bills and stuff like that, how doctor's bills will leave you broke, will leave you Absolutely. bankrupt. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So that is very, and as a retiree, you're making a, you're on a fixed income now if you don't go out there and go get another job. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I mean, and and then if you and then if you got to go out on uh, disability retirement, you still carry your benefits with you. So now, if you're out on disability retirement receiving comp, you definitely can't do nothing else. You can't work because of that comp. That's right. So that's what I mean. Where I say strategically, this is what he was thinking about with getting 
retirement benefits for retirees after you leave here. That's ver- That was very important. And, and, and on that retiree benefit, if you ask anybody that retired before he did that, they pay COBRA. Right, for 18 months. You, but uh, but uh, you uh, ask, uh, them how much they, ask them how much they pay for COBRA. Mm-hmm. $300 a month. Wow. $200 a month. We pay nothing. Yeah, that's that's good. Now, Miss Clinton, I seen you post. Um, you know the Verizon workers, mm. right? Striking. Yeah. What are they striking for? Uh, actually, I talked to some of them, and it's not about the wages. Apparently, uh, their union has been in a decline for a couple of years, and so um, they're telling me about how they're getting suspended. And I said, "Well, don't you have like uh, steps that you have to go through and a progression?" And they said, it used to be that way, but it's not that way anymore. They told me about a member who, um, who had some discrepancy for one hour. And he got suspended for like two weeks. Wow. And, you know, that's, that's crazy. So some of the people that I spoke to said it wasn't really about a money issue. So... Um, when they were telling me about how the union has been in decline, you know, I was saying, well, I guess you had the wrong people leading the union. But um, they marched over the Brooklyn Bridge and they came over to Cabin Plaza Park and I went over to show my support. I also asked them, um, have any other unions reached out to them to show some solidarity? And the one answer I got was the Teamsters because uh, Local 100 doesn't know nothing about solidarity anymore uh, we used to at one time but that is dead and gone <laughs> well well if history repeat itself samuelson was probably waiting for the president of that union to give him a call but i wanted to go back oh, for a minute about the strike because okay. people can make all kinds of assumptions and say Oh, you know, some people say, oh, we stayed out too long. Other people say we didn't stay out long enough. But behind the scenes, we had so much detractors within the union, people like Samuelson saying, you know, the strike was unnecessary, and after the strike, um, you know, encouraging people not to pay their dues. But we also had the international that was telling people to go back to work. Correct. We had officers in the local and into in the international trying to sabotage our strike so people need to know that before they make all these pronouncements about oh you didn't stay out long enough we could have got the whole world if we stayed out long enough <laughs> you know i mean they have they have um ridiculous expectations and what i find so strange is that they expected so much from roger toussaint but they don't expect mm. anything Tell from Samuelson. Samuelson. <laughs> I mean, they got this crappy contract with these ridiculous raises, and people are saying, well, he did the best that he could. And I'm saying, wait a minute. <laughs> we had a financial meltdown in 2008, mm-hmm. and we got better raises then than we have now. And we know the MTA is flush with all kinds of surplus money. And I don't understand how they had this double standard, one for Roger, and one for Samuelson, where, you know, mm-hmm. Roger's supposed to bring home the bacon and cook it and everything else. And Samuelson does nothing, and they, they just accept it. You know, people voted for the contract because they thought he couldn't do any better. I think 
it was like two and a half years without a, a yes. contract. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, that was unprecedented in our local because we always had a deadline as a deadline. Exactly. I'm interested to see what's gonna happen this January. Wow. I can't wait to see. Me I, I, I don't think it's gonna it's gonna last to January two that was this. 16? This is 16, 2018, yeah. we'll probably get our contract. Yeah. You know, and another thing that I, I, I think to um, piggyback off of that, uh, I need Miss Clinton, that a lot of the members don't understand politics. A lot of the members don't understand what's going on and what it takes to negotiate these contracts and stuff like that. Because when what you had, what, what y'all went up against back then with, the, again, the likes of Gary DeLaverson, with the likes of Peter Calico and the likes of um, George Pataki, okay? You're talking about extreme right-wing Tea Party ideology, okay? Exactly. So this is what I mean. When you're going up against that, it, you know, you need somebody fierce to go up against that, and it's going to be a fight. They're not going to just hand it over to us, you know, even though it's, it, it's not theirs. And, and I'm going to add... That after we struck, and I didn't notice again, I, I was just educated to this recently. Um, that those people were fired, Gary DeLaverson and other people were fired behind us striking because, again, a lot of money, a lot of money was lost behind the strike. So they're like, okay, what's the reason for these guys going out on strike? So they said, well, because we, I mean, again, it was for, it was for a menial reason as far as throwing something stupid like a pension demand on the table like that because that has to be legislatively done absolutely okay yeah. and you know as far as 100%. With, as far as with the um the members as soon as they hear strike they think money all the time and nothing else outside of outside of money and there's other things that you know us as workers want besides money 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 is not the only thing. It's not everything. It's the only thing to me if you ask me to. <laughs> right. <laughs> Listen. Listen. You know what I'm saying? And, but there's other things to fight for. Exactly. If you go to different departments, there are issues, issues that they have to deal with. It's in the Department of Buses. You can work from 6 o'clock to 6.30 p.m. and get paid eight hours. I mean, they're killing them out there. They're right. killing, they, were, they were killing me. I had to get away from it. You know, the people, uh, you're carrying thousands of people all day long, and it never stops. And they say they're not making any money. But we know with that Metro card, they get their money up front. So mm -hmm. don't tell me you're not making any money. And then here comes a clown, goes to the table with them, and, and they can say, well, we broke. How the hell are you broke? Yeah. I want to see what the what the union go do. You, you, if y'all been paying attention about the uh, the new pay, the new way to pay, it's coming in two years when there's no more Metro card. Oh yeah, I saw it in the yeah. Papers. I, I was watching yeah. the news. I read it on the news. Today. What are going? What's going to happen with those station agent jobs? Well, they 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 already put it out there that they want to get rid of them. I mean, the first step was the Metro card vending machine. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, they said they're going to have this new station agent that stands outside and has the iPad, the iPad. you know, and gives directions and, and stuff shovel, like that. And shovel, <laughs> shovel know. snow. Shovel snow. Shovel <laughs> snow. Down, yeah. And get assaulted. Right. What about, what, about the, um, what about the agent that's in some deserted, desolate area exactly. late at night, you know? That that can be very scary. The woman agent. Well, even for a yeah. guy, it could be. Yeah. It's, yeah, it right. could still be very scary. You know, you got all these slashing, crazy people riding the subways, in the subways, well, stations. Well, maybe they'll give them, what's that, life alert button? <laughs> 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 
Well, I don't I don't know if they have if they have a plan, you know, to to counter to counter that, because what I have seen so far from this administration is that they have a knee jerk reaction to something. They're not on top of anything. They're not proactive. They're not trying to prevent stuff Um, like Lloyd was talking about Vision Zero. The local should have been involved in that way before it even happened. They should have had some kind of input. If they saw that it was coming down the road and they couldn't stop it, they could have had some kind of input. But this this union now is is. And I remember, and I'm I'm sorry. I remember in a shop gate at the at, at the depot where I'm at, they went when they were talking about Vision Zero. This is at you know before they got this amendment. Um, they said that they were going to. They were knocking on doors. They were going to City Hall. They were going to the DOT. They were going to all of these doors, and they were just getting closed doors. By know? that time, it was too late. I yeah. wonder why. It was too late, right. wonder why. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have no legislative connections or power, None. you know, and um, that's just a joke. But I, I did want to go back for a minute um, talking about the strike because aside from striking for the unborn, the TA workers had – felt so disrespected for so long. Um, we were some of the first people down at 9-11, and all you hear about is the firefighters and police officers, construction. We were down there. We were down there helping. And we hadn't had the kind of respect that we felt that we deserved, and um, both on the job and off the job, because, you know, the, the um, discipline was totally out of control. Even at that time? Yes. Oh wow. yeah. It it took a while for for us to get there, but I felt like we made a lot of progress. And as you stated before, contract is not just about raises. Um, in um, some of the contracts that Roger negotiated, we changed a lot of the uh, temperature and the tone of the labor relations, how they talked to our members, how they talked to our officers, how they treated us. We put actual structure in place to change that. And so these were things that were gained that I feel have been lost under Samuelson. And I challenged um, John Samuelson to come to the station. If he thinks that anything I'm saying is not true or an exaggeration, I challenge him to come here and defend his position. Yeah, oh, we, yeah don't, we don't care about your dress code either. Right, yeah. Like, yeah you could dress the way you normally do. But will it fit through the door? Yeah. Oh. Wow. But we want but we want but we're sending out the invitation right here from Progressive Action and I'm Jamel Wilson Senior saying it that we want Sam Wilson down here and we even want Lombardo to come down here if we're gonna talk and we're gonna And Utano. And Utano. If we're gonna talk and we're gonna just basically we're not gonna grill you guys, but we're gonna talk about no, the no, issues. no, 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 no. They they deserve to get grilled. They done did some messed up things out here. Oh, they grilled with the sauce. Well, you can <laughs> you can let them say what they want to say, and then you can grill them. You know? right. <laughs> but um, you know, Steve Downs is referred to as sellout Steve, and Utano is referred to in maintenance of ways. Useless Utano. Oh, wow. Well, so, I mean, he's been a union rep for 40 years. He's closer with management than he is with his own members. Oh, Why wow. Steve Downs even still associated with the union? He, he, he's, There's money to be made. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a pension and a salary is always better. Oh, that's kind of... Uh, 
Well, we'll find out next week. Yeah, you can ask Steve. You can ask Steve himself when he comes here. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Thing, same thing with Mike Tatrone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Doing a job forever. Yeah. A pension and a salary. You know. Well, you got to get it how you live. It's free money, man. All of us like some type of free money, right? Of course. Of you, course. you ain't got to work, and you get a check or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody better now. I better be on the next ballot <laughs> for local one. I'm into free money also. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, you know, I, I, I just want to ask you, uh, Lloyd, um, you know, what, what do you feel should, you know, in this climate now, right, what do you feel should be asked for in the upcoming contract uh, talks and demands? Well, I really think that it should, uh, one of the issues should be uh, the schedules. The schedules, they should really deal with the schedules. All right. And, um, we're, we're losing bus operators at a real heavy rate. Like, I, I gave condolences out for a brother. He had a heart attack. Bus operators uh, last almost two years, only two years. Well, statistics have it, two years after they retired, if they don't stay active. Um, that's because their blood pressure, and I'm not a doctor. There was a study done back in 2007 by Dr. June Fisher up at the Union Hall. Mm-hmm. Your blood pressure changes at least 30 times a day when you're driving that bus. You never, you never really sleep like you should because you're afraid of being late for work. Oh, that's so, me. <laughs> you see what that's I'm saying? <laughs> so you never really get the correct rest. And um, I think that they, they, they should uh, compensate a bus operator a little bit better than they do. They should cut the schedules down and pay them the same way they do. Not work them all day like some mules and don't pay them. But pay them, compensate them. I agree. And, st- and stop giving them a hard time when they get sick. Dude. Right, because they, got to, because they got these runs to where they're basically cutting down on the, the, the amount of – the spread time is long – but basically, you know, what the run pays is short. They keep shortening it. Like, there are plenty of runs out there to where you're actually on the clock for 12 hours, but the run may pay um, nine hours and 30 minutes or something crazy like that because the swing, because a portion of the swing is not paid. It's a big swing in between. Exactly. And it's not paid. And you're not paid the 12 hours. So you have a lot of runs like that out there where when I started, you had a lot of split runs, 12, 13-hour runs that were out there. But they and, were paying you. But though. they were paying you, exactly. You were out there, but you, you were getting paid. You were compensated for your work. You right. were compensated, exactly. So um, through the years, and you know, they had more in Map Store. We had X's. They had PMX's. There are no, I don't think there are no PMX's anywhere in, in, in OA anymore. And if there are AMX's, they don't, it seems like they don't hook up with anything. Because, you know, they, in TA service, they have hookup time, right? Uh, yeah, they do. Yeah, they call do. it reserve time. Reserve time. Okay, right. map store will be called a hookup time. So they don't, you know, they don't have too much of that anymore to where, you know. So basically, guys pick X. A lot of people pick X's, but they it doesn't hook up, so they have to stick around for, for three hours. hours three hours. Right. Exactly. So that's what I mean when I say. And then with the artics, like, listen. You pay a you pay a person twenty five cents to drive a double bus. Yeah, that's another issue. That's a big issue because yeah. you're taking away a run, basically. They they do they cut a run when they put them on the line. They cut they take buses away. Right. 
All right, and they pay you. Only compensate you an hour, uh, twenty five cent extra. I think it might have went up an hour to drive that bus. Uh, no, at, it, at the it, least, it's still twenty five cent, and it's only during the vehicle time when you have the people on the bus. It's not during the whole spread. Wow, it's I didn't just, know that. It's just during the you vehicle just time. Me <laughs> See, and and at the least, if you taking away a run, when you take away a run. That's one less person hired. That's one less pension you have to pay. That's less everything you have to pay. The, the, we should get at least a quarter of of the top pay of that salary added on to that person. Not not. I mean, I, I mean, a twenty five percent, not twenty five cent. What they giving? You know what I'm saying? You don't really want me to tell you how much we need to get paid. Oh no no the bus, yeah, yeah. But, but you, you know, know. It, even with that, like, um, I had a friend that worked for Verizon, and um. They used to get off for like six months at a time. And I was like, why are you off? Oh, because of stress. We need mental health holidays here too because of, you know. There you go. That, 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 should, that should happen too. Absolutely. And, you know, um, a lot of times members have all kinds of issues, um, physical issues, medical issues that they don't associate with the job that is part of the job. I know bus operators have problems with their legs and their knees all the time. The interlocks. And a lot of times yeah. it doesn't show up until you're near your retirement. Exactly. You know, and sometimes- I'm a witness. Yeah, sometimes it's too late by then and, and the union needs to be more proactive in, in investigating this and doing research and doing, you know, testing and trying to resolve that issue. I would love to do some research. As a matter of fact, by the next show, I'm going to try to have some information of what is recommended, how long a person should be sitting down driving. Well, actually, at the end of the line, um, any doctor would tell you that you need to get up and walk because sometimes it forms blood clots oh, yeah, yeah, from yeah. sitting there so yeah. long. And you, could, and you could pass away from that because exactly. that's, that's what happened to heavy it D. You travel, yeah. 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 So, and a lot of guys don't do it because... Their mindset is, all right, I don't have no time at the end of the line. My 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 reserve time is over, so I'm just going to go right back up the line. And they just sitting there instead of getting up and walking. That's another th reason why we lose a lot of operators. And, and we're sometimes our worst enemies. Mm -hmm. We don't take care of ourselves. Instead of us getting up, if we're late at the end of the line, I don't care about being late. Get up. Walk around that bus, which is a rule. It's called the post-trip inspection. <laughs> Walk around that bus. Make sure everything is fine. This way you get your blood circulating again. But some guys are so brainwashed by some of these dispatchers that stand on the corner, which I did one of them to ask me why I was late, you know. And they're afraid of them. So they'll, they'll just drive. They won't take a break. And before you know it, they humped over or they got a blood clot in there. And, and not to mention, like we mentioned earlier, you may have to hold your pee till you get back to that's the, another issue. <laughs> till you get yeah, back to a, the, the that's return. That's a medical term. issue. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's crazy. And another thing is that I want to, as far as proactive and, and and reactive with these new buses that Governor Cuomo uh, is is sending down to. Everybody. I know you know you saw the article, Lloyd. Well, the way the buses have TVs in it. And, 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 and Wi-Fi and right. USB ports. Now I'm saying to myself, okay, does any of this stuff cause any type of radiation? Are these people checking, you know, basically government, they're just going to just take it because somebody put it on Facebook now. It's, it, I don't know what depot they got them at now, 
But they got a few of them testing them out really? at a depot now. Yeah, I saw it. On, I saw it on somebody took the pictures and put it on Facebook today. I said, "Wow!" So they're here, you know. They they putting all this technology on. How about doing putting up better partitions to protect the bus drivers? That's right. another right. issue. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Who cares about Wi-Fi? And and you know the the drivers. What's up with the drivers? Well, he, well, well, I obviously TA cares more about the riding public than they do their own. Oh, we workers. know that because let a let a, a a member of the riding public make a complaint against you. Hey, absolutely, <laughs> you'll be off that bus. Which I call it. Which I call the office down there. Labor the, general, the general office. House of pain. <laughs> House of pain. Yeah. House of pain. Yeah. But you know we can uh, dedicate a whole session to. Um, bus operators, Robin Gillespie, right, used to work at the Union Hall, and she did a lot of work there. So maybe if we get in touch with her, she might be able to come on to the show. And she's done studies, you know, and she can talk at length and in depth oh, and I would love very to intelligently. Hear about that. Yes, she yeah. done studies. So I'll reach out to her and give her your information. Okay, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, Jamel does all. <laughs> The interview on to get on the show. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to talk on the phone. Just let me handle my Facebook, and that's it. You email Progressive Action, Jamel will get back to you. He's the phone guy, not me. I don't want to hear nobody problem. Now I want to hear. I want to hear the issues, but I don't want to hear why you got fired. <laughs> I want to I deal with the people that's here. You know what I'm saying? Jamel like to hear that stuff, and he and he relate the information back to me, and we work as a team. But Jamel gets the people on the show. And that's how that worked. Yeah. I think we're going to make him a, a union officer. We're going to get him elected to the union. Oh, me? No, Jamel. Oh, you yeah. said you don't want to listen to people. Oh, yeah. Jam- Jamel good at that. <laughs> well, I don't want to listen to nonsense, neither. <laughs> if, you, if you do something outlandish, just yeah, like, listen. Let, let me explain something to the union, the, the union members. You can't do silly stuff and expect somebody to defend your silliness. Right and right and wrong is wrong. As an adult, you have a responsibility. And the union can't protect you doing silly things. You can't do stupid things and expect, oh, my union's supposed to have my back. Or oh, my union going to have my back. Cochran ain't win every case. <laughs> you know Just He's, to segue off of that, a lot of guys, you ask them, what is a union? Oh, it's just to get me out of trouble. And that's their thinking. The union is, I don't need them because I don't get in trouble. Mm-hmm. But... Who do you think got you those four weeks vacation? Who do you think got you those sick days? Right. Who do you think got you that personal day? A union, because management wasn't going to give it to you just like that. Just like that, yeah. You know, we had the union had to work for it to give it to you, and you need to work with the union to get more more of it. Guaranteed forty hour work week, exactly. Our vacation time, um, our benefits, everything. The, everything was fought through the years. You know, through the lines of time. Um, you know, was fought and gained by the union. Bottom line, just like you said, they're not, they weren't going to give it to us. Yeah, what, what, what they, what they doing now? Like you see, with the two tier system they got in place, the tier fours is not go fight for the tier six if tier six ain't fighting for themselves. If we not fighting for ourselves, so now it's go, it's go show up like a lot of the tier six members is in these Facebook groups, <laughs> having a good old time. The only time they complain about anything is when those. MCU failed to put their check in on time, and, and it's the truth. That is true. <laughs> they, That's true. They went crazy. Oh, what's up with the union? What's up with this? And the people just don't care anymore. And I, I won't say I would say the newer members do not care anymore. No, they don't. They, they, they. I think that's the spoiled generation. Mm-hmm. They're like they're entitled, but 
you're not entitled to anything when you're an adult and you're working on a job. You have to work for it. And I don't want to sound like I'm bashing the new people, but you got to be more responsible. No, no. Another thing is too is that you have a lot of members here just, that are just happy to be here. They happy to have that M on a on a pat the, the M patch on their clothes to say they work for MTA and they feel like they made it. Being that if you never had a real serious job before. Yeah, but you know it's up to us to guide them. Right, the union. That's right. their job. Exactly, to guide it, them. To let to let the members know what you just said. It's the union that got you the the four weeks pay vacation. It's the union that did all of that. That's their that's their job. Because I said it before, I'm going to say it again. Most members, they don't come in as members. They come in as TA workers. They're there to do a job, and they leave. It's up to the union to make the connection for the members. Um, not everybody is so socially conscious that they get it and they're going to fight for themselves. That's that's. A very high expectation and what Samuelson has done is he has fed into the low expectation he's lowered expectations so that people don't expect too much they don't expect much at all you know and when you have a leadership that raises the expectations then you see a change in the membership in their attitude in what they want to do how they speak how they even greet each other I remember you know when Roger was president, everybody was so proud. I mean, you could ask an average uh, passenger on a train, who's the president of TW Local 100? Everybody knew it was Roger Toussaint. Yeah, I you knew. I knew. A, you, ask, you ask the person now, nobody knows Samuelson. <laughs> We're not doing nothing. He's not doing anything. I'm going to tell you the truth. I didn't know. I was working here for a year and didn't know. I didn't get involved until that thing happened at Stillwell with that um, – that shop gate with Joe. That's when I really started paying attention to to things around here. But I didn't know who the um I mean I knew at that at that point, but after a year here, I had no idea who the president so was. So something clicked with you seeing Joe and hearing what he had to say. And that's the union's job is to make it click with everybody. So the same way that you got involved because of that, that's their job is they should be shop gating throughout the system, talking about what do they want for this contract? Exactly. Talking about what is the problem in the location, and that's not being done. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that they've been using too much social media to try to reach the members. You got to actually come out to some of these terminals, some of these bus depots, and, exactly. and shake hands, hand to hand. That's what that's yeah. what I always called it. You have to do the hand to hand. If they see your face. They, they they even trust you more because you're there. You they they see you it coming out of your mouth. They can actually say you lied to me and told me. But if you if you're not there to to to, to help them move along, then what do they care? It's just like you leaving a kid at home and he's doing whatever he want to do. Yeah. He can't do what he needs to do. Yeah. And, yeah, and the only time these guys come out if um, a politician want to go to a depot. And they want to be seen photo ops. Or election time. Yeah, oh, oh, and y'all wasn't lying about that because Castalis, if I didn't see him when I got inducted, I seen him at 12, 12 midnight. At, hey, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, you know, you know, basically he needed my signature. And I'm like, hold on, what are you, what are you doing here? Yeah, that's the way. And, and, and that's what they do, but, you know. 
that's what that's the nature of the beast now and we have to do something to change it and, and continue to do things to educate these members I think um, this radio program is a big step in the right direction. It's just a shame that it's coming from the members. It's not coming from the leadership. Uh, I've seen other other unions where they have radio stations, you know, and they have um, all kinds of things where members could get plugged in. And, and Local 100? We got to get y'all guys on BLS, though. <laughs> oh, I would love that. How about, what do you think, Cuz? I would love that. I don't, I, I don't want it to take away from my rawness. I like I like when I like when Miss Clinton curse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, another way that 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 is good. Well, I'm going back to buses again. What we used to do, they come into classes in the Bronx, and people we would go there and talk to them. These are brand new green bus operators. Talk to them. Tell them who we are, what we're trying to do, what we need them to do as bus operators coming on this job. And you'll get a little roar with them to just pump them up to let them know that their union got their back. And it worked for a long time. I don't even think these guys are going up there anymore talking to these bus operators. They're just signing them up, and that's it. That's it. That's, yeah. all, that's all it, came, it comes down to now. Yeah, throwing them out there because i never forget how last year a rookie operator um, stopped me coming off the elevator and asked me how to read his paddle report. His first day on his own. Now I haven't, now at that point, again, I haven't been on the road for, for years, umpteen years, but I still know how to read it. Right. So I showed him what to do and you know, what your run does and Little all this and that. Like that. Little things like that. Little things like that, yeah. But these guys are going in, they're going in the office for hearings for trip sheets. They're going for not, for lack of, for not filling out a trip sheet and a VCR card. A VCR card is a vehicle condition report. So uh, they're going in there for not filling out VCR cards. Because they, maybe they don't know how. Right. Things that were second nature to me, to us, when, we, when I came on, and definitely you, Arch, when you came on, yeah. these things were second nature. I mean, come on. This is ridiculous. More discipline. More, you know, they're just not being taught. Now, another thing I want to touch on is um, I came across an article on Facebook talking about um, – Long Island Railroad salaries, okay. Mm. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it states that um, 136 Long Island Railroad employees made more than $200,000 last year. And you're not just talking about executives. The top four made over $300,000. The top four executives made over $300,000. But then you had workers, you had supervisors and, and, and foremans that made well over $200,000. And then... To add to it, you had, in the title of conductor, you have 12 conductors out of those 136 that made over $200,000. 12. Okay, so as it compares to us, we are, we are lagging behind. Because, as a, because Tremel, as a conductor, a senior conductor with time on the job who can pick, a good, who, who, who can pick penalty jobs and do RDOs and holidays and all of that, how much money... Can a top conductor make in transit? Not more than one twenty, and that's pushing it. That's pushing it. That's that's that's, that's, that's you sleeping at the job. You waking up at the job. You're not going home. And right, and that's one twenty. Now these people here, you talking about salaries of? I wrote it down. One made two hundred and twenty-four thousand and seven hundred and twenty-nine dollars. Then you got two hundred and twenty-three dollars or two hundred and sixty-three dollars. So this is what I mean when I say. 
just you know, we are really lagging behind. I mean, we, we lagging behind in, in all the uniforms, police, uh, fire department, sanitation. Right. And that last contract put us <laughs> way behind. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and I mean, it, it's just it's just I don't understand it. Like, <laughs> it's funny when I years ago I used to hear MTA ATM. Mm. <laughs> Women don't even pay attention to this That's uniform exactly, no more. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> he broke. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's especially you get caught on some type of child support, you're in trouble. Yeah. You're going to need a, a second job or, you know, something like that because it's hard to survive, um, you know, with the, with the salaries that we have. Well, I think, wasn't it one of you guys who told me you heard that Samuelson's going to concentrate on the money this, this trip? Well, actually, we, actually no, that's what Bedell said. Oh, Nick Bedell said. Nick Bedell said. Nick Bedell said that Samuelson is going to focus on salaries. Well, okay, you're going to get so, focus on wages. You're going to get Nick in trouble now. Be careful. Listen, he said it. I ain't make it up. Oh, okay. I hope. I hope that's what he's focusing on. Yeah, I hope so. You know what I mean? And, and cause we we need we definitely need more money. Right, because you're talking about uh, right right now for a bus driver, the the top salary is uh, sixty seven thousand four hundred and thirty three dollars. So yeah. when you so when you're talking about um right now after five after five years, this is what a bus operator is gonna get as a base salary. So now imagine all the overtime and work that you have to do to get yourself up to a hundred thousand dollars, okay, versus a police officer after five years, they're making easily ninety to ninety five thousand dollar base salary they, just base, come, salary, yeah. base salary just coming to work. And not only that. They getting a twenty seven vacation days after five and a half years, not fifteen. Right. Well, they're gonna say their uniform, they're they are out there to serve and protect. But I see it a different way. But Mary, yes, <laughs> oh, serve, yeah. protect, take a uh, take mailmen off their route to throw, oh, <laughs> to, boy. to throw them in jail. You know, a exactly. whole bunch of craziness. Oh, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, the NYPD is a totally different beast. But one thing I do like. Is that they have a union that stand up for them? No matter what. No matter, no matter what. what. No matter. There's no abandoning, no abandoning um, their members. But you know, with us, we we have to worry about what's going on here. We 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 underpaid. We not respected anymore. That's the truth. And another thing I don't understand that this union um, don't do is try to connect with the public. Why <laughs> why don't we do anything with the public and let anymore. them know what's going anymore, on? Anymore. That's right. Anymore. anymore. We did that. We, like I said, I would, would be out on the train station platform handing out flyers when they were trying to close the booths. I don't know, so many other issues. And the public, would, they would receive it. Wow, I didn't know this was happening. Thank you, you know, now. We used to even go to those meetings every time <clears throat> MTA said they were going to raise a fair by law, they had to have these um, open meetings. Those public, hear right. public hearings. Exactly. And, and Local yeah. 100... We were told we had to go to these meetings. So if you lived in Brooklyn, you went to the Brooklyn meetings. And we formed an alliance with the riding public and with the disabled community and community activists, the dis disabled community. And we formed those alliances. Why it's not happening now is because Samuelson don't give a damn about anything but his paycheck. That 270000 <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it shows on him. I mean, look at Look how big he is. <laughs> that man eating good. He's eating very good. <laughs> they eat. They eating very good over there. You know, we we should try to get um some Verizon workers 
on the show sometime soon. The progressive yeah. attitude, of course, yeah. yeah. And let them That's and a let good them idea. and let them talk about what what hopefully they strike will be over before we get them on the show. But they we 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 can compare things that they went on strike for for what we went on strike for to show people that it's not all about wages. Right. Exactly. All all the time. I actually good know point. some Verizon workers. I can actually Throw them your way, Jamel, being that you do the interview. Jamel, do all the interview. No problem. We go to Applebee's like how we, me, and you did. That's right. I, I could drink some sangria. Oh, so, yeah. If you, if you happen not to make it on the show, that means Jamel shot you down. <laughs> <laughs> so don't look at me. Oh, boy. Now, yeah. one of the things I did want to touch on, because uh, I know, Tramel, you didn't feel like it was too important, but I think it's really important to have people on the show that have paid their dues. If they didn't pay their dues, um, I personally feel like it's absolutely no excuse for that because we had a plan where you can pay over time, you can charge your card, you can, you know, there were many different ways for you to pay your dues. And anybody coming on the show and they want to talk about unionism, it doesn't matter who's in office. If I was still an active member, I'd be paying my dues, you know, even if we didn't have the automatic checkoff because it's the right thing to do. But to not pay your dues, to me, that's treason. All right. Now, as far as the, the paying your dues, um, now, there's, there's people who still haven't paid their dues from 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 the strike, you know what from I'm saying? Strike, yeah. So, but I, but I can, yeah. yeah. So I can understand people who didn't pay their dues because they didn't agree with the strike. Everybody didn't agree with the strike for whatever reason that they didn't agree, and they revolted. It's just like with anything else, people revolt against certain things. But if they made an effort to catch up at any point in time, I think that is null and void. I think that we need to focus on the people who. Still in bad standing. Yeah, that that's ridiculous. At this point in time, if you haven't paid what you owe, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, you know, I, um, yeah, you, you, I mean, I, I I totally agree. I totally agree with that. But um, you know, there shouldn't be no members in bad standing right now. It shouldn't be, but you still have people that just just don't want to pay. You know. And they owe the full six hundred. How much is it? Nine nine thirty six. See, I, but but that's the that's the discrepancy that I have. I don't think everybody owe that much. Right. No, no, everybody mm-hmm. owes different. I mean, if some people tried to start paying and then they might have started or, you know, lapsed. Sometimes it had to do with your credit card expiring. So you have all kinds of people out there. Some might owe the whole thing, nine hundred and change. Yeah. Right. There's no excuse for that. That means that that person never even tried. Yeah. I would like to know what the number is, the exact number of people who's in bad standing because that'll, that'll help me dis, like make my own decision on things as far as like, all right, let's just say it's, it's 38,000 members. It's about 400 members that's in bad standing. Really, to be honest with you, with the amount of participation that we have now, those four members is not going to make a difference. No, not that it makes a difference, but... Um First of all, we need to see what the numbers look like. You know, I don't how can know. we find that out? The local has that information. You, you know, you can call up um, the who is it? Uh, I don't know who it is now running it. But what position? What, the, like, the who can we call? Financial Secretary Treasurer should have 
that information because they that's the numbers guy. Earl Phillips. Earl Phillips. Earl Phillips Should, you can there. call up and ask if you um, can have that information. And I would really be very curious to see what his response is, to see if he would be open to giving you that information or he wants to, you know, try to play that, oh, it's private, I can't give out that information kind of. What, 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 what's the answer to that, though? Is it private? Can he give it? No, no, no. I know when I when I was on um, when I was on the job, um, I used to post up the names of the people that didn't pay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> well, the executive board should somebody on the executive board should know. I mean, I think that we should know. We're not asking them they name and social security number. We right. just, just asking. No, you're just asking for a ballpark figure figure of the number of people that are still in bad standing. Yeah. And and I would like to know what that number is. I, I would like to know how much money it's worth. The total the total yeah. number is that there. would be a little more difficult because you might have a bunch that owe five dollars and a bunch right. that owe six hundred dollars. Yeah. So the money the the dollar amount might be harder, but just to get a ballpark figure of the number of people would be very interesting. I, I also want to get my hands on the the new LM twos. That's see that's I, on the internet. You go on the internet and you can get it. I'm, I'm definitely right, yeah. gonna do that after the show, right? Because I know yeah. Selena was supposed to give us a code, some oh. code. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to have the code. The code just makes it easier. Yeah, okay. of course we want it easier. <laughs> well, I'll see if I could get that between Jamel interviews and, and, and my and my school. <laughs> we need things simple yeah, as possible. Simple, exactly. no, I hear you. I yeah. hear you. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, but um, like I said, you know, this is a good show. You know, we have t- we have nine minutes left. So, uh, you know, if you want to make it a good nine minutes. Yeah, we don't want to rush like we did Miss Clinton last week. Yeah. So we just want you to say whatever you want to say. Well, I just want these members in the Department of Buses to wake up, get up off your asses, and stop letting these guys do what they want to do. And just remember this. They work for you. You don't work for them. You don't owe them no explanation. All right, there's no reason for nobody to, to not come to you when you call. All right? And if they don't want if they don't respond to you, then you know what you got to do the next time. Stop letting them get away with murder. The same way if you're listening, you guys put pressure on me when you needed me, do the same thing to them. Yeah, Miss Clayton, you can act because we cut you short last week. <laughs> no, it's okay. Samino, Samino stole some of your shine yeah, last week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I tried to be respectful of Lloyd. This is the Lloyd show this now, time. Now, what I had to bring her with me. Yeah, I, I, y'all, y'all a good team. I, you know, she's more comfortable this week, I yeah, would say. I, I, I'll be more comfortable next time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you did good. Don't worry about it. The information was great. Yeah, I just wanted to say... Um, the same thing I said the last time that, you know, I'm just here to trying to help educate, inform, activate the members. And what they need to understand is that the union is like a team. And you can't win if everybody's sitting on a bench saying, let him play or let him play. It's not about the coach. It's about the players. And that's how you win the game. Everybody's in it together. You can't spell union. Just, you know, um, it's not an I game. It's a, a we game. And you got to be in it to win it. And you, I think you void your, your criticism if you're not participating. People need to go to meetings. They need to be reading. They need to be picking their reps' brains. And, and, and if they're not being um, responsible, it's up to the members to hold their elected officers responsible. Because right now, I think uh, Local 100 is in a 
very bad way, and that will only change with activated, involved, educated members. And I also, and, and then I want to add my final thoughts to it before we close. That um, you know what I notice right now is going on on Facebook, and what I notice is going on is that everybody wants to be a leader. Um, everybody wants to be Kobe Bryant, you know. But you know, you know, even the leader needs their, you know, even a leader needs their people, and everybody can't lead, you know. Everybody, in other words, everybody has something to bring to the table when it comes to a union over as a whole. So people need to, again, just like you said, you know, get up off their asses. They need to come and try to get involved and do something because um, at a meeting or at a, you know, at a committee meeting or at a function, something may be said that may strike your, that may strike your intellect or strike your, or strike your chord to where you want to get involved. Because no matter what, that's what it's about. It's about being involved and it's about being educated. You know, there's no reason for people to go 10, 15, 20 years on the job not knowing things. Because there are people that have more time than me that don't know, that don't know half the stuff that's going on. You know, but everybody just wants to come to work and just have a job and, and just, you know, but you got to understand that without this union, you know, no matter how much we may talk about the current administration and and the nonsense that's going on, but everybody needs to understand that without our union and without our legal collective bargaining rights, we wouldn't, you know, we will be in trouble with the system that we work for under the MTA and these people up top with this right wing ideology. Okay, even though they're Democrats, but they still have right wing <laughs> ideology. Okay. And I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at that. Well, that was the um, you know I, I think that everybody done summed it up pretty well, and you know we just gotta start doing more. I, I want to see more from our um, elected union reps. I don't want y'all to keep treating this job like a corporate job. I actually want to see y'all in the field, like like Lloyd Archer said, we do not work for y'all. Y'all work for us. And the members need to understand that you are the boss. They supposed to pick up the phone for you. They supposed to answer your emails. If you ask them to come out, they supposed to make it their business to come out. You don't go to them. You don't chase them down. And and we got to fix But Once we correct that, we'll start moving in, in, in a sort of right direction and start holding your elected union reps responsible. They wasn't appointed. They applied for it. They should have known what was what the job consisted of instead of running away from tools. Okay? But like I said, this was the progress. You want to say something? No, I just want to say amen. <laughs> yeah, and then I also want to say uh, this was a great show, Lloyd, Arch. And uh, Thank you, ba- basically, you are welcome back here to Progressive Action. So, of course, you know, you know, once you, if you let me know or we're talking, and if you have some more things that you want to bring out or you want to bring out more information that you want to bring to the members, um, all across the board, and of course, in t- you know, in buses, then you know, just let me know. You hit me Without up. Without a doubt. And like I said, you're more than welcome to, um, to come back to Progressive Action and give out the information. I appreciate it. I just got to survive after this one because I know my phone's going to ring all day tomorrow. <laughs> How will. could you say that? You will. Because yeah. it's true. Yeah, that's it. The truth, the truth hurt. Oh, yeah, you know, definitely. And people will get together. But look, y'all need to start following us on our Facebook group, Progressive Action. Instagram, Progressive Action. Uh, email us if you want to come on the show. 
um, progressiveaction100 at gmail.com. And, you know, thanks, Mr. Lloyd Archer, Miss Anita Clinton, um, for coming through. Why you smile when you say her name? Oh, when I say her, <laughs> when I say her name? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she, she's like, she's a firecracker, man. <laughs> <laughs> she 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 she's on fire, man. <laughs> you know you know what actually ran through my head was Jamel got dressed up last week because <laughs> he knew that she was coming. <laughs> you too, look at you. Oh no no, that was Jamel first time really oh, getting okay. dressed. <laughs> that was yeah, it was. Well, thank you for that, Jamel. <laughs> and I was all dressed down. <laughs> Jamel, Jamel had on a tie. Now I said, "Where was going on?" With him? <laughs> yeah. Fresh a fresh haircut too, right? Yeah, look, he shot it. <laughs> Like he, he comfortable now. He dressing like Samuelson. <laughs> <laughs> Real casual. Real casual. Hey, but you got to follow your president, right? <laughs> oh, my God. All right, that, that's the Progressive Action Show. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch y'all next week with the debate with Roger Toussaint. Woo-hoo! That's right. Tune in next week. And Steve oh, yeah. Downs. Fireworks. It's going to be fire. A matter of fact, y'all could come back. Matter of fact, right. I will be back. It yeah. may even be a new directions reunion up in here. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be wonderful. Oh, yeah. All right, y'all. We catch y'all next week. Peace. Right. Thank you. Thank you.